We all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. Everybody, so glad you're here as we are in the new season format relaunch of the Sightship Podcast. And uh, such a treat to have my friend Ryan Retcher here today with me. Ryan, glad to have you on the show, my man. Chris, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I was reflecting on this, just thinking about our time together and preparing and just how many years ago it was now that we were sitting in a coffee shop meeting and uh, a friend of ours, mutual friend, uh, had told us that we needed to get together. I think it was like 2017-ish, yeah, 2016, 2017 probably. Wild. And even some dreams that we shared then that are just really now coming to fruition and the twists and turns of it all. So I think we could probably start off just by encouraging everybody listening Something can be growing in your heart, and it takes many, many steps to get there. How true is that, right, for so many parts of life? So true for, for life and um, ju- just in general, I think, in, in business, um, which, is, which is where we were kind of connecting and, and, and still connect on. It's, uh, it's fascinating to watch entrepreneurs and just see that, you know, you, you go through so much, and it, it's usually two, three years in, you're just ready to give up. And then magically, not magically, it starts to click. Yeah, man. I've I've felt it and seen it so many times. Well, I'm really inspired by your story. And there's, you know, more than maybe some people that are on uh, the show with me here. I feel like your story is the contours of it more fresh in my mind and just familiar with it. I'm eager for people to hear some of the moments you've been through that you have really come to a real clarity. Uh, so a little different. Ryan didn't know this was coming for any oh. listeners. Uh, but just to know some of these twists and turns, because I think it's such a powerful part of your story, even as we dive in, I'd love for you just to tell us real quick what you're doing now and then um, take us back to that moment you know, when you were in banking and you were having kind of this wake up call and articulate that. So like high level what you're doing now and what that wake up call was for you. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm, I'm in uh, two things. I, I help run a venture capital company that invests in uh, early stage uh, companies, um, uh, very impact driven. Um, and then I'm an entrepreneur and uh, I, I have uh, an early stage company myself that I've been building the last couple of years uh, in the education space, specifically um, working towards innovating education. Oh my goodness. And the connection we've had around this, I, I, uh, maybe let's do this before we go back to that moment. Uh, tell me why banking or why education needs to be innovated. Like what's, what's for you the, the passion point there? Yeah, it, it actually uh, goes back to kind of that transition out of banking and my own experience. Let's go there. Um, I don't know if you want me to go there quite yet, but it's, yeah, let's it's, do it. it's literally why I do it. And um, 
I had zero interest in education historically. Uh, I grew up, my dad was a school teacher and a varsity basketball coach and was around schools even outside of my own personal school experience because my dad was at school all the time. I was at school <laughs> all the time, into the evenings, basketball practice, um, you know, weightlift training, all, all this stuff, um, you know, from, from my earliest memories, I was in schools and around educators. And um, when I, when I uh, was getting to the point, I was 18 years old and had to make a decision of what I wanted to do, um, education was low, probably at the bottom of my list of things that, that I was personally interested in. And, you know, going back, there's, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I, I just really wanted something different. And I, I, I go to college and um, I choose to, to go to school for accounting um, because I was interested in business. I knew some accountants and um, I had no experience in, in accounting. <laughs> I, I, you know, I took uh, a business class at high school and had a great teacher there that was actually part of my inspiration of choosing accounting um, in the first place um, because he was interested very specifically in accounting. But I had. It's wild how that makes a difference yeah. when oh, they yeah. they spill over yeah. to you. Ed- educators totally. make a massive impact, and um, you know, the, we we all have a teacher or several teachers that they 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 just sparked something in us, and mm-hmm. um, that that inspiration um, is is why I'm I'm still so very passionate about supporting educators. But it was just that connection between. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I did what society told me to do, and I I I went through high school. Didn't really resonate. I did well at high school, but just because I knew how to game it, I, I you know I didn't realize it mm-hmm. back then. But I realize now was my entrepreneurial spirit. Um, all the classes that I had zero interest in, and I didn't know why I had to learn this. I I didn't have context. Um, I just figured out the minimal amount of work I could do to get through and get a get a acceptable grade that my parents would be okay with, which was usually a B. Mm-hmm. And I figured that out. I hacked that system. I got through high school. You know, went into college. Was actually excited about accounting until I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I had had an experience. Uh, I think it was after my sophomore year. I had an accounting internship, and I I was like, is this what is it what this is like? And uh, the, the the person I was working with at the internship was like, yeah, isn't it great? I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm like in a basement, you know, uh, you know, looking at, 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 you know, not even like back then it wasn't even like Excel spreadsheets. It was like literal like sheets, you know, <laughs> and yes. I'm like, I, I, yeah. like columns. Yeah. So uh, go through that, get into finance, into banking, had a great career in banking by any measure any any anyone's metric um i was making more money than than i had set out to i i had a great growing career i was getting um uh uh, promoted um you know every year year and a half into new positions and each one i got this adrenaline rush and you Mm -hmm. know after a few weeks or a, a, a month in some occasions it just wasn't enough and i wasn't feeling fulfilled and so, um, you know, my last stint at the bank, I, I got out of, you know, I decided I was, I met some entrepreneurs, um, tech entrepreneurs that when I was around them, I felt really comfortable 
and I just felt the spark. Mm. And I decided to make mm. a, a shift out of a very corporate safe environment um, and um, dive into entrepreneurship headfirst. Wow. It's so inspiring, man. Just And I love how the way that you languaged this idea that you're getting this promotion and it's giving you enough hype and an adrenaline shot, but it just fades. Um, you know, for me, the adrenaline hit senior year of high school with AOL chat. And this is 95. Yes. And you could talk to your band, favorite bands. And uh, I was like, this is amazing. I know what my major is going to be computer science when I looked at the list of all things because that was cool and then I went to my first class and found out you had to know math <laughs> computer program recording and and yeah let's just say the adrenaline faded fast um, so for you you're around this entrepreneurial uh, spirit and and this visionary potential and it activated something and you it woke something up in you um, and it sounds like you're still not over that which is awesome you you found the thing that so many people are looking for, just a real alignment of mission. Um, I, I want to go back to the education piece, but before I do that, I think it's just right here in this moment to ask, what is making you feel really alive right now in, in this VC entrepreneurial visionary space? Where are you finding just a lot of joy and fulfillment? You know, the biggest thing is just really finding a lot of commonality between what I'm working on in education me as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. my journey as an entrepreneur, and then through venture, through um, Loud Capital, my company, uh, we are able to really just connect all of these dots. And it's been really, really fun and fascinating for me, especially over the last year, as I, I've uh, really dove head first into the deep end um, in this education space. My partners at Loud, are very generous and very supportive because they see the impact potential that the work that we're doing in education um, can mean. And hmm. um, I've taken a big step back at Loud in my day-to-day -day activities so I can focus on building this company. Um, but I'm able to better help entrepreneurs that are you know, in Loud Capital and the different things that are going on, the companies that we're investing in. I'm finding a lot more dots to connect because whether it's a startup company or that startup company is working with a large corporation or they're working with consumers, what I'm seeing is this common thread is that um, college isn't working for students anymore, mm. um, largely. I, I see a lot mm. of students that are leaving school and either starting their own startup or um, they're looking to look, work at startups uh, because they're not finding relevancy um, in what they were hoping to get from that um, university college experience from from an education from a learning standpoint, um, and so painful. I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing corporations and uh, you know cl clients and and entrepreneurs that are trying to find people to work for them that can think creatively, um, that mm. can operate outside of a, a corporate bureaucratic structure, um, feel free to be innovative and thrive um, in, in the culture that they're building, but they can't find the people coming out of college. And so mm. I see that, I, I've been seeing that over here on the, on the venture side. I've, I've seen it 
um, with corporate clients on, on, on the con- some of the consulting that I do. And then I'm seeing it in education where educators are struggling, education is struggling with this archaic 150-year-old system adapting to this modern world where it's completely different. The, the needs of our world are, are completely different. Um, the needs of us as human beings and how we interact in that world and how we need to thrive in, in a space where knowledge is ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. We can Google anything at any time and, and get answers to complex problems that you, you didn't used to be able to do. Um, we are all born naturally, I believe, as, as, as humans. We are created with this creative ability. It doesn't manifest its, itself the same way in every person, but we are naturally creative. And school, um, just naturally, by it, the, the way it's designed, is snuffing out creativity. And so yeah. what these employers and what these startups need to, to grow uh, effectively in this modern world, um, they're getting the opposite of um, from, from, from the students. And the students want it. The, the companies, um, startup or large, want it. Um, educators want to deliver it, but they don't have that context. And so just connecting all of these dots, um, hopefully, that uh, can can help solve that problem. Man, it's inspiring. It's also painful because I'll be making college payments for two of my uh, my kids in the fall. But it's so worth it because of this reality that I am attuned to in them the process. Yes. So what that means is they don't feel pressure to take a certain yes. pathway or do something certain. And if they want to stop, they can't. I mean, it's it is it's the unfolding of them discovering who they are. I loved what you said a while back when you were talking about this pivot moment for you. You said, I had done what society expected of me. Uh, that phrase. And I think that's such a, you know, a powerful line that so many people can resonate with. Uh, and and then the change that came out of that for you, I'd love to hear you connect that to also your passion for education. Because while you're describing the problem here so clearly, what are you doing to kind of go upstream to this problem and make a real impact? Because I know that's a passion for you. Yeah, it, it's it's obviously complicated, but you know, I think to to your to your first point, um, what society expects of us or what what the, the, the historical norm, at least over the last 100, 150 years, has been um, in America is this kind of stair-step, you know, life where mm-hmm. it's linear. You just want to go up and to the right, and you climb stairs, and, the, you know, you do that through different phases of life, and that's what society expects. That's what parents generally, <laughs> my parents, their parents have you know, as parents, we always want our kids to be more successful and to to have a better life than, than we do. And so this 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 vision of what that looked like was, you know, you succeed in school, you get into a good college, you get that degree, you get the good job, you you get the, you know, you you, you get your first house, you get a nice car, you get promoted, you know, you go back to school uh, to to get your MBA or whatever. You, you, you get promoted again, you get a nicer car, you get a nicer house, you live a nicer life. You can then pay for your kids to do, do the same thing over <laughs> and over again. 
<laughs> and today, what what Gen Z and I think millennials um, struggled with this a little bit because they were torn between what what the what they saw in the world and what has existed and what they feel they they want mm-hmm. and need to be doing in this world based on their observations of it. But Gen Z mm-hmm. is starting to fully realize and demand that, you know what, that life doesn't appeal to me. I don't want to get into a, a single career that I choose when I'm 18, that I invest in heavily, that I get stuck in, that I, I don't want to... Uh, leave or I'm afraid to leave because it it's I'm it's somehow tied to my identity that I am a mm. CPA I'm a doctor I'm a whatever because you invested that time and society expects you if you're a doctor why in the world would you leave practicing medicine you're at the pinnacle of society why would you go do that to 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 go run a startup are you crazy mm. that's that's what that's what society tends to to say and sometimes the voices in our heads tend to say but gen z is finally getting to this point and they're they're figuring it out i i i know and i can see but they realize that life can not be this but sorry but this you know div, you know turn after turn after turn mm-hmm. to figure out what's going to bring me fulfillment in this season how do I mm-hmm. how do I go into this new space, figure this out, and do this until I figure out for the next season I might want to do something else. I might want to make an impact in a different way. I might want to reinvent yeah. myself to do something different. How do I do that in 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 the society exi- that exists um, and benefit the society that we want? I love it. I love it. It's and what's powerful to me is you and and the leadership at Loud. You've lived this out. I mean, two of the main leaders have this story of, yeah, what's going to happen if I step away? I got to try. I got to do it. I got to see. Um, this would have been earlier, uh, four or five years ago. But some key talks I had at deliberate conferences. One of them, a real funny moment developed, and the first time I said it, I didn't mean for it to be funny it was when so many people were complaining about like millennials and the workforce. And I was like, you're complaining because they don't want what you're offering. <laughs> They'd rather have, you know, and I'd list out all these things that they wanted that was opposite of, you know, what they had valued. And I think you're capturing the spirit of the change so big here. And, and that's why I can hear the connection with education. It's like, okay, how do we go upstream? How do we have, these these kids before they even go to college start having a completely different experience start learning about some of the things you're passionate about uh maybe just for like two minutes tell us about what you're doing right now in the educational space like compare contrast like here's a traditional school experience and then here's the kind of experience we're seeking to give students uh as we innovate in this space yeah, ultimately, to, to simplify it in, into its uh, most basic form, we're helping education institutions, whether it's public schools, uh, K-12, higher education, um, private institutions, parents that, that want to, to offer a, a different education 
um, for for their students um, and connecting all of that into the real world of work. So mm. um, to s- some of the things I talked about before, one of the, the biggest gaps in all of us really discovering what we're most passionate about and excited about doing and gifted and, and you know, how do, we, how do we figure out how to leverage our, our gifts, our, our, our passions, our interests, where we want to make an impact um, when we don't mm. experience anything? And mm. when you're sitting in a classroom and you're, you're learning about the War of 1812 um, only in the context of memorizing um, dates and names of, of dead people um, and not in the context of, of real life, there's value in learning about the War of 1812. But if you can tie it to an experience and a problem that you're solving in the world today, what if you could at all ages from from pre-K up to higher education, if that's, if that's needed, um, introduce a variety of options of experiences that kids can have mm. where they can discover their gifts, they can discover their interests, they can discover what they're not interested in, what they're not gifted <laughs> at um, through working on real-world problems um, mm. from companies, organizations, government, and their local communities. So we're bringing together these ecosystems of, of you know, all of these institutions that exist in a, in a typical, commu- typical community, companies, nonprofits, government, et cetera. And we are bringing to the table opportunities for uh, education to partner with those organizations in meaningful ways where real-world problems in these areas can be um, yeah. facilitated to kids through essentially externships that where, where teachers become project managers and experience facilitators for these in- internships within a classroom uh, versus lecturing in textbooks. Incredible. I, so what lights me up about this and part of the reason that I was so excited to, you know, even do this episode a little different and hear some of that story is because it completely aligns with my passion and what we're about to get into even more with with you and your story, awareness, right? If I could have done some things that I did in my 20s in at that level of school that you're talking about, how much more I would have been accepting of who I am, aware, you know, it just, and now I had some weird experiences like starting a jewelry business in the ninth grade and, you know, little (laughs) things that were like scratching that itch. I got $2 in this necklace. It took 30 minutes to make it and I can sell it for 15 at school. Uh, So, so I was finding ways for those outlets without even knowing it. It was just like bursting at the seams, but I had a mother who could take me to the store to buy supplies, right? And, and the privilege of that. And so you look at situations where school might be the only opportunity where some of these things get awakened. So what a, what a beautiful moment. Well, as we talk about awareness, your awareness has accelerated. Now you're seeking to impact and help students and, and parents with their kids and nonprofits and higher education get these moments of awareness. As you've grown, especially through these changes you've made over the years, 
no doubt you've learned so much about yourself. And one of my favorite questions to ask to people is, I'd love to hear what you like about yourself the most. Um, I think we're so hard on ourselves and not in a vacuous self-esteem way, but to really appreciate who we are and what we've been through. Yes, uh, that that's a, you really targeted that question at me. I, I, I'm one of those people I don't like talking about myself. I like reflecting about myself. Sure. I don't like talking about myself yes. in, in, in that context. So, but I, I think, I think what I like the most about myself is I've developed this ability to, um, be very self-aware and, mm. um, resilient in, in the sense that, um, I can learn new things about myself every day. I can learn them from feedback mm. from other people, from experiences, from mistakes I make. And I've gotten to the point where I embrace that as an opportunity to, mm. to you know, look inward. And, um, you know, when, when someone calls me out on something, I, you know, that's, that's an opportunity and I can take a, you know, I can, I can lean back and, and start to reflect. Man, you know what? You're right. You're right. Even if they're totally wrong <laughs> um, be, because of lack of context or something like that, it's an opportunity um, for, for me to see from their perspective um, how they see yeah. me. And uh, most of the time they're, they're, they're absolutely right. And mm. I, I can learn from them. But even when they don't have enough context to, to understand, I can, I can, correct myself and, and be better in the future. And once I've gotten to that point where I I can do that and I, I I generally don't, don't, you know, get upset or or bothered by anything, even if it's, it's really negative. Um, it's, it's, it's been a positive experience to get to that point. That's awesome. What a curiosity, right? That you're, you're leaning into the things that, so many people would avoid. And and sure, life can be hard and it can be full of challenge and we're all challenged in different ways at different times. But that is that's that silver lining in those challenges, you know. Um, so that that's that's definitely uh, been affirmed, at least from my experience with you. And I would say that's something that you're continuing to get better in. And I think that's what's fascinating to me about growth and the human potential is we tend to you, you know, weirdly how life works this way, we tend to be in circumstances that grow something in us if we'll cooperate with it that is already very developed. Um, it, it's weird that when I look at like what makes the highest performing teams that we work with, that definitely the ones we're trying to build through the organizations we serve or the team at SightShift, it's not a group of well-rounded individuals. It's a group of people who have had a lot of circumstances and things they've leaned into that have cultivated and developed parts of them that are very peaked, you know, and and strong. And I just find that fascinating, right? Um, and you've been definitely, you know, living that out with your story and the fact that it's still a value. I mean, you're probably already at a very high level. So you're talking about going from this, you know, 93, 94% to 95, 96%. That's, that's really inspiring. Yeah. Thanks. And, and, and frankly, it wasn't always that way. Um, mm. I, I used to be very insecure about those type of things and I, mm. I didn't, uh, want to show weakness. I didn't, I was afraid to, um, demonstrate or, or feel like I, 
I couldn't achieve something because you know someone thought differently of me than 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 I wanted. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man, yes, I I remember the days I started realizing. I just led that board meeting to make them think I'm awesome, not to actually lead them. I did not want to get up in front of the organization and talk openly about the problem and ask for help. I wanted to convince them it was fine. Uh, All of these things that make for uh, such an exhausting performative leadership style. Uh, Well, one of the things I've had a privilege in doing with you is is walking through our our key process and what it means to get awareness and how to transform these insecurities into momentum for your growth. And just to keep people encouraged on the path, what for you were some of the biggest insights in going through that process with me and and what's maybe something that lingers as a big takeaway even still today? Yeah, you know, it it, it was um, for me – so impactful to to be able to go through a a process that was was designed to bring me a place I wanted to go and I, I couldn't figure out how to get there on my own and I, I knew there was something missing and I wasn't I wasn't able to figure out this journey by myself I I, I like I said I, I wanted to be more self-aware I couldn't figure out why I was self-sabotaging um, in, in certain areas and being able to go through that process and, and be self-reflective, be able to talk openly, be able to think openly as, as, as I'm reading, as I'm listening to you, as I'm listening to um, your, your, your videos and your content, um, just being able to process that, process that in, in, a, in a, I guess, in a safe space um, and mm-hmm. say things out loud that, um, either were buried deep and I wasn't even thinking them or saying them out loud to someone else and, and getting, getting open and honest feedback. And that mm-hmm. process, whether it, you know, w- whether it's, it was my own time invested in it or um, with, with, with you um, during the process, um, that ability to, to discover um, Really, what what those essentially the fear was that was was causing the roadblock in me achieving who I wanted to be, and you know it once I unlocked that, um, it it helped me so tremendously, and I wanted it for the rest of my team, and then I saw how it could really help the entrepreneurs that we're investing in, um, hmm. because. Once I went through that, I started seeing things that I didn't see before, um, things that mm. were just kind of like a gut, um, a gut feeling, you know, that gut brain that we have that tells us something about something that we're hearing or that we're, that we're seeing in, 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 in people's um, physical appearance as they're, as they're talking to you. I had, I always had this pretty good, not always, I I developed a pretty good instinct and it was just this gut. Mm -hmm. But once I went through this framework myself and I was able to see things in myself and continue to grow in that, it really unlocked this ability for me to recognize some things in other people um, as we're, as we're, you know, either looking to invest in them or after we're investing, you know, I see them going down a rabbit hole that 
I've experienced or or that that we had kind of talked through and basically able to help hmm. process that. Yeah, man, that's uh, it's so rewarding when somebody does the work, these shifts occur and 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 it's how it's supposed to work. It's like you become a spring. The water's flowing. It's got to go somewhere. You're not like a, a pond where there's the scum growing on top because it's stopped up. There's an expression. There's a flow through. And to hear the way you connected the dots and went to that impact is is really awesome. Now, you know, like me, when you learned this and you learned how to transform your insecurities, all your problems went away. You didn't have any more challenges. You never felt insecure again. Uh, <laughs> so I'd love to hear like kind of right now, what's the edge for you? Where are you feeling challenged in your own growth? What are you trying to to see happen? And maybe even vulnerably just current insecurity, if, if that connects or if there's something that would be in your heart or mind with that. Yeah, and I know it's cliche, but just discovering and, and being okay with that that I'm I'm never done. You know, it's not mm. something that you can you can go through any program or any anything. You can't read a book and, and just, you know, you know, say, I'm gonna make these changes and, and be done. And once you recognize that and you apply the tools as different things come at you, because there's always something different. You know, I'm going through yeah. different thing, different things in this season than I have ever before. And without that framework to process some of these uh, new instigators to some of my old fears, my, my same fears, um, it would be very hard for me to recognize what's wrong and what's going on. And I could, I could just get stuck again. And mm. th to summarize, I think the biggest impact has been for me that I am able to process and bounce back so much more quickly. I hit a brick wall and I'm able to, instead of, you know, go want to go into a cave and, and just sit there and cry for, for a week, <laughs> you know, I can, I can, you know, I have the tools to process that. And within a few moments or an hour at the most a day, I can process that and get over it. And sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's like a high, something that, that, you know, mm -hmm. should be really good and is, is exciting, but I don't feel that way. And I don't know why I yeah. don't feel excited about something good that happened. And, you know, being able to process that and, you know, process through that, what should be a high, get there and then, you know, move forward and, and continue working. Mm. Yes, I love that. I mean, because we're we're never done growing our awareness, and I think for those listening, you know, Ryan's talking about a, a process or a framework we teach. It's it's really a a model and a framework together, a model for how you grow a secure identity, overflows to a clear mission, and attracts and builds healthy community, and then a framework for how to work in each moment. And and just for those listening, just find something, you know, find something that you can learn and dive into that's going to get you in a place that you don't have these dangling loose ends in your mind, keeping all of your processing power consumed. Because what ends up happening is you're triangulating from that fear. You're, they're not going to like me. I'm not going to do a good job. I'm going to mess this opportunity up. Whatever you're experiencing it as a conscious fear uh, is going to consume so much of you. And, and really, so quickly, you're not living. Uh, there's a quote by Ray Bradbury I love. He says, thinking isn't living. Thinking is the container that holds living. 
And, you know, we just so often, as, as you progress down this path of adulthood, which is where we started, become obsessed with trying to figure things out along these lines of, I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to be seen as inadequate or, you know, whatever. So thank you so much. What part right now for you, as you look at the world, your connection with so many leaders and different companies, uh, what would you say right now is a message a lot of leaders need to hear just to be encouraged right now? Yeah, especially right now. And I mean, it's, it's um, the end of second quarter in 2022. There's a lot going on in our world from, from war to um, economic uncertainty and, and inflation, fears of stagflation. And as business leaders, I, I think there's a lot of macro level things that we can all feel that those things are out of our control, but can have a massive impact on us, our businesses, our employees, our families. And that can bring a lot of insecurity. I know it does for me. That's one of the things I'm processing through right now in that um, I, I am extremely confident in where loud is and where, where you know, my education business and Venti um, education is and where it's going, but I can't help but, you know, hear all of these things going on and read about all of these things um, around me, and it just kind of permeate all of these uncontrollable uh, fears and reactions to it. And I think as leaders, we have to start to um, find ways to process those things and again, it's 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 in the in the framework that we've been talking about. That's why it's been so helpful because that's what's been permeating in in, in you know from from a standpoint of hitting brick walls. Because I'm creating my own brick walls and reading something uh, uh, you know about mm-hmm. economic data, and I just start thinking about all of these different things that are out of my control in the realm of, of a million possibilities. It has nothing to do with me driving my business forward. And so mm-hmm. having that framework to kind of take a step back and, and um, find my place where I am completely secure in my identity and, and you know, uh, in, in my leadership and um, how I can, I can lead my people and be led by um, the people around me, um, I'm able to more quickly get through that comfort and and create strategies that that you know address that um, and find practical ways to move forward. Mm, that's awesome! What an encouraging thought for everyone listening to this that for sure cares. They are feeling the pressures like you've just beautifully laid out what it looks like and feels like to be in this pressure cooker right now. And yeah, you, you know, we're not beyond it. Yesterday, I went for a run situation and I wanted to fight against it. I'm like, nope, awareness is acceptance. I accept reality. I lean in and surrender. And then now what is the moment? How is it going to flip here as I take action and, and look to not be frozen and not fearfully fight and rage, but go, this is how this is going to grow me. And uh, yeah, it was it was beautiful to have that kind of like rhythm in the run happening and, and then just to run that out of my body that way. Uh, super, super powerful. So maybe just an encouragement for those listening to don't think that you have to stay in a place 
where you're locked up, you're keyed up over that issue, you're so tense. Um, what what would be a place that for those that maybe just want to know more about what you're working on or be inspired by you or uh, something you've got to share that you'd love for people to check out, any specific place you'd like to point people to? Yeah, on the, on the venture side, um, like I said, we, we support um, early stage um, entrepreneurs that are um, uh, doing impactful things. We invest for impact. Um, we invest in underrepresented entrepreneurs. Uh, about half of who we invest in are um, uh, people of color, um, uh, women, LGBTQ plus uh, community um, groups that are largely underfunded. And mm. um, these entrepreneurs need a lot of support. And, um, you know, whether it's interest in finding out how to support these, you know, these companies or, you know, make an impact. Um, that's our passion and what we do um, on the loud side, on the um, education side. Um, you know, one of the things that I think connects into this um, whole discussion is that the education space, one of their biggest roadblocks, I believe, to um, innovating in education is addressing their own fears um, of change and what that means for, for, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, there's, there's a lot of opportunities um, outside of education uh, to support this by um, creating opportunities for, um, for partnering with schools uh, in your community and um, providing these opportunities for experiences. And we can help connect dots on that um, in, in meaningful ways that are really uh, low touch for, for organizations and high impact for um, the students um, that, that get to experience it. So um, awesome! two very unique ways, uh, obviously, in, in, in the things that we're working on. But thank you. Awesome. So it's, yeah, loud.vc. Uh, as he was sharing about loud there, and then spell out Inventi for him and give him the URL for yeah, that. It's uh, inventiedu.com. I n v e n t i e d u dot com. Beautiful, beautiful, and we'll make sure to have that too as we share the episode. The links for that, uh, Ryan, inspired by your story again. I, I, I get to hear stories of leaders and their dreams, and I don't take that for granted. And some of them just hit me like right between the eyes. And uh, and and yours has done that more than once. And so please keep Chris. leaning in, doing the good work. So glad to have you here today, buddy. Peace. Thanks so much for being here. You know that self-leadership is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach, you can find more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T-Shift.com to take the next step.